Welcome to the Brody Runback. I'm your host, Jeff Marone, and I have a great interview for you guys today with head coach of Prince West High School Boys Basketball Team, Coach Mike Monahan. And I'm happy to bring to you an RI Sports Focus podcast where we deep dive into our local, college, high school, and other athletic programs across our great state of Rhode Island. Here we go. Welcome to the Brody Runback, episode 24, and I have a great interview for you guys today with Coach Mike Monahan. Coach Mike Monahan is the head coach of Cranston West High School Boys Basketball Team. Just a great interview overall with Coach. He talks about how he started playing basketball, and playing in high school and college, and how he really got into coaching, how he started the, you know, the saying the West way at Cranston West and how it really caught on, and much more. Just a great interview. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to get up there and uh, catch a game at Cranston West and see Coach coach and, you know, see his defense because his defense I've heard from other coaches. That's a great thing, a thing of beauty. So I can't wait to see it. It's going to be really exciting. But before I get into the interview with Coach Monahan, I just want to remind you guys that you can watch today's episode on YouTube by searching the Rody Runback, and you can watch all our episodes on YouTube. Just please remember to hit that subscribe button and hit that like button and share it out there for all your friends and family to see and everyone else can watch these episodes and tune into other episodes as well too on youtube but if you can't watch it stay tuned here and subscribe also to where you're listening and also share it as well and hit that like button as well so i really appreciate you guys as always i always say this in every episode because without you guys i can't wouldn't have this great show and have all these great things and keep doing what i'm doing so i appreciate you guys always looking for feedback so if you ever got some time to give me some feedback dm me at the roadie runback on instagram or on twitter i'd really appreciate it for any feedback or anything that you guys are really looking for now for our interview with coach mike monahan on today's episode, I welcome on a very special guest. He is the head coach of Cranston West Boys Basketball and older of 180 Basketball Turn Your Game Around. Coach Mike Monahan. Coach, how are you? I'm well, Jeff. Thank you for having me on your show. It's uh, it's an honor. I'm looking forward to just uh, chatting about hoops and about my journey in the game and, and basketball at large. Thanks, Coach. Yeah, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and uh, making time for me and wanting to come on the show. That means a lot to me and that means a lot to our audience out there as well, too. Awesome. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, just sharing, sharing my, uh, my journey through the game and influenced me in my philosophy with basketball and, and how it shaped me as a, as a coach, you know, player and coach today. And yeah, it's all good. That's awesome. I love it, coach. Well, first, before we start, I always ask everyone this, how are you doing during like the COVID times and everything like that? Yeah, I'm doing, you know, I'm doing fine. Um, you know, I'm, I've been in the house with, my wife and my three children. I have three children under seven. Oh, wow. <laughs> keeping them busy, keeping them active, making sure everybody's doing what they have to do, especially when it comes time to, to schoolwork with my seven and five-year-old and then balancing that. And then, we, you know, my third child is 21 months. So we're trying to keep him, you know, safe and, and uh, occupied as well. So it's, 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 it's fine. Um, and then just, just adapting to the new rules of society, wearing masks and the new routines when you go out. I mean, it's kind of like basketball, you know, when, when you have to, when you hit adversity on the court, you know, you got to make adjustments, especially as a coach. So I guess we're all making those, those life adjustments now. So yeah, uh, 
you know, we're just taking it one day at a time, living in the present. And as we say, also, as we say, as coaches controlling the controllables. So. Yeah, exactly. There's only so much of a control during this time. Yeah. And like you said, the mask is becoming a new norm. <laughs> the worst is when you forget your mask in the car, when you're about to go into the store and you have to like run back and go get it. Oh, that's terrible. That's ter- that, that's happened about 10 times to me. <laughs> And then, and then having to remind my kids and my wife to, to, to get their mask as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not good, but yeah. coach, I want to get into it. How did you start playing basketball? What, what age did you really start playing basketball? Well, I started playing basketball when we moved to Johnston from Providence when I was six. So when I was seven years old, I had, you know, I, I, we moved into a neighborhood that was just, it was just kind of like being built and there was, and all of a sudden it was like, it seemed like everybody moving into the neighborhood was a boy. So we had like 14, 15 boys eventually just like pop up in the neighborhood over like maybe, you know, two or three years. Wow. You know, through that time, we all stopped playing different sports. And then one of the sports was basketball because some of the kids had nets up. And then when I was seven, I told my dad, I said, you know, I want a net. And he, you know, my dad, he, he put up the huffy net, you know, it wasn't adjustable at the time. And, and I just took to it. I just loved it. I was always in my driveway shooting around. And then my mom, she signed me up for Johnston Rec basketball at seven. And then that was the first team I was on. We, we were, uh, our sponsor was McDonald's, red shirt. I still remember it. And we used to play at Ferry Middle School on the side hoops with, with the mini balls, like those little, like, uh, you know, the, the ones you buy at like, like Walmart or something like that. Like, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. yeah, the, the little ones. But so, and then that's how we learned to play, you know? And then, from there, you know, I just kept playing. I just kept, you know, every year I'd play, I'd progress through the rec leagues. And then by the time I was in sixth grade, I was going to St. Rocco's school in Johnston. And as a sixth grader, they just started a team in the, the Cal league. And, you know, they're just all looking for kids to sign up and I signed up and, and it turns out I was one of two sixth graders who signed up. So, you know, we ended up playing other schools like CJCR, which is now like Immaculate Conception with CDCR Garden City. Yeah. Had a court. It was like the, the cafetorium, like the gymnasium and the cafetorium <laughs> with like the linoleum floor. Yeah, you played St. Mary's and Cranston. You played um, St. Anne's on, um, for Branch Avenue. It's like local Catholic schools. And, you know, that's where I got my first like taste of playing on a school team and while well, simultaneously playing in rec leagues. And then, you know, eighth grade comes around I, you know, the AAU opportunity popped up, you know, I was asked to play on a team uh, out in New Bedford. You guys know, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the old, old, older, you know, players know, you know, buddies, that was the, the AAU team around here. It was buddies in the, and then, then the breakers started to come around, but then buddies was really prevalent in South in Southeast mass in Rhode Island. So I started playing for them in eighth grade. And then once I got to high school, I started, you know, I, I went to Hendricken and I went to Hendricken because I wanted to play, I wanted to, first of all, I was going to go to a Catholic school anyways, because my, my mom was hell bent on sending me to a Catholic school. So <laughs> I picked Hendrickin. Yeah. And because I wanted to, I wanted to prove myself. I want to prove I could play with the best because Hendrickin was the best, that best program. I, I, I had filed Hendrickin, you know, in, you know, the sports pages and, you know, that was my goal of playing for Hendrickin. So I got to Hendrickin as a ninth grader and then <clears throat> made the freshman team. I got to play for a, a great head coach. A lot of people out there know him now from ref in the NCAA tournament final and the, the final four, Mike Stevens, he was my freshman coach. And, oh, wow. And he, I mean, he was probably like 19, 20, 21 years old at the time. And I mean, he was such an awesome guy, full of energy, 
always pushing us. I mean, I mean, he's probably one of the hardest coaches I played for. And I was 14, 15 years old and he just made basketball. He made it fun, but he would hold the line with you. And he, he wasn't afraid to have those, those courageous conversations with you, you know, and, you know, and as a young man, you know, as a freshman, you want that in a coach in a freshman program, like you want your freshman coach to, because that's a, the first experience of a lot of your players, you know, as a varsity coach, you know, retrospectively looking at it, you know, as a varsity coach now, like you want your freshman coach to be very structured and organized, but very hard on the players, but also carrying himself with care and compassion, you know, because you want those players as they progress to your program to really understand the expectations of the levels of your program. So, yeah. so, you know, coach Stevens, I can see, you know, I've, and the last time I saw him was a couple of years back, I had my team up at um, that team camp at Providence college. And, and he was there cause he was running a referee camp, you know, and at the time I'm like 30 years old, you know, and he's, you know, I'll go hold he is now, but I'm like, Hey coach. And he's like, Hey Mike, what's up? You know, and we give each other a hug, you know, and those are the cool things. Those are the cool bonds that, you know, they're, they're timeless, you know, they never break, you know, because, you know, that's my coach. Like he's my guy. Yeah. You know, and, you know, and I'm his guy cause I played for him, you know? So you know, I only played a season for him. What's a season? November to like February, you know, March maybe. But the impact that, you know, coaches in general, but especially Coach Stevens on me was great. And then as a sophomore, I made the JV team at Hendricken. And then at the beginning of the year, I had a, um, I had a stress fracture in my back. So I couldn't play for, for the first half of the year, which was extremely frustrating. To yeah. me. I made sure I went to every single practice, every single game. I was on time because – basketball meant so much to me yeah that was that, that was like my identity I'm a basketball player you know so soaked it all in and then, and then when it came time to play I played but um I played for coach John Jackson at Hendricken on the JV and he was a legendary player at before Hendricken and then he ended up late, later playing for Providence College and wow. time, freshman and JV coach at Hendricken won several state championships at those levels and uh you know I can still remember his lessons you know for shooting you know, like, and I, I still use it today sometimes, but kids don't always know what I'm talking about. But you say when you're shooting, you want to shoot like you're in a telephone booth. So when you, use, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kids are like, coach, what's a telephone booth? Like, they, they don't get it. Yeah. You know, just staying up and down, you know, staying up and down, you know, compact, nice, compact, you know, frame on your shot, you know, shooting out of the top and having consistent arc. So those are, those are the things that, you know, that, that was the biggest takeaway from coach Jackson and, you know, and, you know, that, so that, that's an impact he had on me and I still use that, but then I have to modify it. What, yeah. a, what a telephone booth is. <laughs> what do you say now instead of a telephone booth? You, say like uh, I, <laughs> I, you know, I say now I, I, you know, I come up with, with phrases that, that I've gotten from my coaches over the years, like, you know, with shooting, like um, when he use an elbow at the eyebrow, I got that from Mike Kelly, who I played for Rick and I, and I later helped coach under, and I say toes and pose, which I heard from a guy on Twitter uh, coach Mark Adams, he's down at, um, he's on Elon now, but he's like a player development guy down in North Carolina. I just started, you know, watching his videos on Twitter and, yeah. and he would say that. So I, those are the things I use now. <laughs> yeah. Can't say telephone booth anymore. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just like felt really old after you said that too. I was yeah, like, what's oh, telephone like, booth? yeah. Yeah. Like kids are like, what, what is that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's crazy. So you end up, so you're at Bishop Hendrick and so you learn all everything from these coaches. Like yeah. what is your decision to end up playing at Rick after like, so, you know, 
so prior to Rick, so Rick, I don't enter it out college to my junior year. So, so back up. So I go, so I, so a junior year trial. So, you know, you're trying to play for the varsity, you know, a Hendrick and it's a really tough team to make. And I think they only had five openings on the spot, you know, like on the varsity that year. And, I, and I'm coming off two years of like not really playing. Like I'm not in the rotation on the freshman team. I'm not in the rotation on the JV team, but like keep with it. Cause I'm bought in. Like I'm bought into what my coach is telling me and I'm doing, and I'm controlling what I can control. And I'm just playing ball and, and I'm, I'm having fun and I'm competing and not, there's not one thought that crosses my mind to transfer to somewhere to another school to like, my, you know, my hometown school of Johnston or another Catholic school. Like, I don't want to do that. Like I'm just going to yeah. prove myself and, and let the chips fall wherever they may. So I work, work my tail off over the summer. I play on the summer, play with the varsity in the summer leagues up in North Providence at the old Evans courts, right? um, which is now like there's two other courts there, but there was one main court at Evans Park on Smith Street, great, great high school summer league. And then we played down in Providence at New Deconnick Rec Center in their summer league. So, you know, we're playing like the, a lot of, lot of like statewide schools down in New Deconnick, but then we're playing more of like a suburban teams over at North Providence. So we're playing four nights a week. So wow. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you know, like the same guys, get two different coaches coaching us and we're just ball. And then I had a really good summer, really good experience there. And then in August, our varsity coach, Steve Cesaretti, he, he put us in a tournament at Bryant, like, uh, you know, come similar to like an AU tournament, but it was just, but it was just for high schools. Yeah. Um, they used to have that every year at Bryant. So he asked me to play in it. Um, so I played, you know, so I got a taste of what it would be like to play under him and play with those guys and, and his coaching style. And so it was a good ender to that summer. So now I had an expectation of what to do in order to prepare myself, what my coach was looking for. And then the fall of my junior year, you know, come back to Hendricken where all, um, all the guys that are playing the return of varsity guys, the guys who want to play varsity, stop playing at six in the morning two or three days a week from September to November. Wow. And this is back when Hendrick had one gym. And then there would be a lot of times where we'd have to move chairs. We'd have to, you know, clear out the court just to play. And that was a great experience because I just kept playing. And I, I just kept going at the guys that I knew I would have to compete with in order to make the team. Yeah. So then tryouts come along, you know, and I just, I just played my heart out in the tryout. And then I was fortunate enough to make the team. You know, and I'm, you know, make the team as like the, the 15th, 14th, 15th guy. And then we end up winning the state championship that year. We go undefeated in the state and we win the state wow. championship. We beat uh, South Kingstown at, uh, at the dunk. That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, now that, that team was a fun team to be on. We had great leadership on that team. You know, we had, um, we had Rob McClanahan. He was, he wasn't a captain, but he was one of the leaders of that team. You know, he, yeah. that, that kind of rallied us in the fall to get together to play at six in the morning. You know, along with Brett Sylvia, he was a co-captain. Justin Owens, he was a co-captain. So, you know, with that, with those guys leading us, we had, you know, we had this attitude of like no one stopping us. And, and we were rolling through Rhode Island that year. I mean, we were winning games by a lot of points, you know, and then we, then we, you know, we got to some close games in the playoffs, but then in the final, we just, you know, we, we went out to win it like a 20 point lead at halftime. We ended up winning by 10. That's crazy. That team had great chemistry. Just from the get go, we, we hung out together. I mean, it, it was and that's what you want. We had great synergy leadership. Everybody was comfortable in their role. And, you know, you know, as a 16 year old playing on that team, you know, even as a reserve, I think I had six points on the year, but I didn't care. Like that was part of a championship team. That's, that's 
it's like it's a life once in a lifetime experience i feel like yeah yeah it, it was it was outstanding yeah. and then my senior year we ended up going to the dunk again but th- but this time losing and we lost to LaSalle. and so i got to got to see you know how, how it feels to win and how it feels to lose. <laughs> and, and again i was a reserve on that team as well like i so i keep making these teams but i'm not playing you know, and I was, I'm only about six one, six two shoes on. So I'm not a big guy, you know? So I was a tweener because that's what they, they viewed me as. Like, is he a forward? You know, is he a guard? Cause it's Rhode Island. Remember? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> and like, you know, but I could always shoot it. I could always shoot the ball a little bit. So, so, and again, and, and this is, this is something like I, I kind of want to communicate out there. Like you got to buy in you, you, no matter what your role is. And, and if you're not happy with your role, you know, just have an honest conversation with the coach and and see how you could change that role and do it in a respectful manner. Don't manifest it with bad body language or, you know, negative talk in the locker room because that's always going to get back, you know, to the people that matter. And so you always want to keep it, keep everything in perspective and be respectful. So I, I, I never made, never made a fuss. I always bought into my role and, my my, my my high school coach, Steve Cesaretti, you know, he he knew I wanted to play college basketball. And so I made a decision to go to CCRI because I wanted to play. I wanted to, I wanted to keep playing if I could. And he knew that. So he took me personally. He met me. It was I think it was like early, it was a June day, my senior year. Um, I think his school had already ended. So we he took me to meet Coach Vin Cullen up at CCRI and introduced me and you know, and so I, I at least had like Coach Cullen knew who I was going into the tryouts when tryouts started in September or early yeah. October back then. So I was very, very fortunate that Coach says did that for me. And you know, Coach says the guy I can call today. You know, we could yeah. have a conversation on the phone for like you know a half hour. But uh, yeah, I was very fortunate. So so I ended up at CCRI. That that's that was my next step of my of my journey. And then once I got there. I made sure to go to coach's office and, and reintroduce myself, you know, just so he wouldn't forget me. Yeah. So let him know I'd be trying out and I look forward to trying out. And, and then when, when tryouts came, I just, I just went out there and played and, and I was fortunate enough to make the team. Wow. That's awesome. And so I played two years there and then I was on some very good teams there. The first, first year we're primarily freshmen. We went 500. We didn't really go anywhere in the playoffs, but my sophomore year at CCRI, I mean, we were we were loaded. We had some kids transfer in, um, and I mean, we we ended up ninth in the country in, in Division Two junior college rankings. Um, we had something. We, we had a great like great talent on the team. We we went down. We go down to Florida every year. We won two games in Florida against Division One junior college teams with scholarship players. And one game we hit we hit twenty two threes in one game. We were, wow. Oh my God. We scored, 100, we scored 120 points. We, so we had guys go bowling. It was mostly, it was a lot of it was Rhode Island guys, but we had some guys. We had, a, we had one guy from Croatia. We had a kid from Louisiana. We, we had a kid from Virginia, a guy from Connecticut. You know, so we, we had like a, we had a great, great squad. But then again, I'm not playing a lot. You know, those two years, I, you know, my sophomore year, I was coming off the bench, I, you know, as the shooter, you know, or when the teams would play, play a zone against us, I'd go in, I'd shoot. And so I kind of started to become this three point guy. Yeah. You know, coaches just put me in a shoot, you know, it, and then, but again, I'm not playing a lot, but I told my coach, I said, you know, I'm transferring to Rick, you know, could you put a word in? And he did. And he ended up uh, telling coach Adams at the time that I was going to go to Rick along with my teammate, Scott Maine, who was an outstanding player down at um, Exeter West Greenwich. 
he was a point guard on a state championship team down there. And, and he ended up running a lot of points for us CCRI. And, and if you look at Scott back then, he was, he looked like a farm boy. He was like six two, two 210 pounds. Oh my God. Like, you know, like kind of like a beefy dude, but he could ball. He, yeah. He was, a, he was a point guard. You couldn't take the ball off him. Like he would just find guys. It was, <laughs> so he's great, great guy to play with. But then, so we go to Rick and then, so now we go to Rick, I go to, you know, start working out with the guy, you know, you, you quickly, you know, as, as a basketball, you, you find out who the guys are on the team and you, you quickly make, make friends with them. And then we started playing in the rec center at Rick. And then we find out midway through the fall, like coach Adam steps down, he retires from coaching. And so his assistant coach, Dave Johnson takes over. So now I'm playing for coach Johnston, you know, make the team there. We're playing. And that was the year I played the most basketball. I had a, out of any year since entering high school. Wow. So it's 2000, 2001. I'm the first guard off the bench, you know, sixth or seventh man playing about, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a game. And then, you know, we didn't, we weren't very good. You know, we were, we were like, we won eight games, but um, I ended up being able to just play my role. And so I played, I, I appeared in every game and I averaged about five points a game, you know, at least a three a game yeah then um yeah it was no it, that was a great experience and then they opened up a national search for a new coach because coach johnson was the interim and then they ended up hiring coach mike kelly who's a cape cod native who was division one veteran assistant coach and he, he ended up he was coach at davidson coach of virginia tech he ends up getting the job so that's my senior year and then by that time i'm like the only senior on the team and then we end up winning one game. Oh my God. A total rebuild. Like a lot of guys were moving in and out. Yeah. Rebuild. But so after that season, I like playing for coach in that in his system was awesome because he what he did, and this helped shape me as a coach. He he brought the Davidson system to Rick. So he learned that from Bob McKillop, you know, legendary Davidson coach now who's you know, you know, St Steph Curry puts Davidson on the national map, only Elite Eight, and Bob McKill, he's one of the best coaches around. And and I had, and later on, I, I had the opportunity to see him at a clinic, at a Nike clinic up in Springfield. I mean, unbelievable coach. So I ended up playing in that system, you know, by way of Coach Mike Kelly. And then just the way he explained and taught the game, he just simplified the game. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, like, this is awesome. It just, it blew my mind. So Later, so after that, I'm 22 years old. I already played four years of, of college basketball. So I have, I still have time to finish my degree. So I told coach, I said, coach, I want to help out. I want to be a student assistant. He was like, yeah, absolutely. So I ended up being a student assistant for him for two years. And then, so now I got to see what, you know, cause I wanted to go into college coaching. Yeah. And he knew that. So now, now I'm part of like his staff, you know, I'm basically like a glorified manager. So I'm sitting in on all the meetings, you know, the practice planning, watching film. And I'm like, this is awesome. You know, and then again, in practice, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm participating in drills. I'm live with the guys, you know, putting them through drills. I'm, I'm keeping stats. And it, it's, it was a very fun experience for those two years. And then during those, during those two years, I got, I got to meet my last year, I got to meet Billy Completo, who's now my assistant coach at Cranston West. That's crazy. Yeah. And he, uh, and Billy, Billy was also at Davidson with coach Kelly and Billy's a Rhode Island native. St. Ray's grad, uh, Central Falls guy. And he, uh, he took me under his wing and he kind of showed me like the prep work, you know, and how to coach and how to watch film, how to analyze film. And, 
so I've always kept Coach Completo in the back of my mind as a mentor, just like his sayings, just just emphasizing details. And and then later on, 13 years later, I get the Cranston West job, and I call Billy Completo out of the blue. I you know I, I reach out to Mike Kelly on you know social media. I'm like, Coach, like I need Billy Completo's number. And, he, and then after 13 years, you know Billy's like, Yep, that's awesome. I got you, man. Yeah, I'm in because he knew like my mindset. He knew I would my philosophy was the same as his. Yeah. It's like a seamless, like, so again, it's like, I ain't seen him in 13 years, but like, all right, let's go. Now we know what we got to do. Yeah. So then we, we just kind of brought back what we did at Rick, like the Davidson way at Rick. And then, and then the rest is history. You know? That's so cool. That's really cool that you yeah. made all these connections and worked for all these like coaches. Now, what's it like when you work for like these coaches and you play with these like other guys, how do you create your own philosophy by like, by working on these, like, it sounds like all these great coaches that you've learned under, how do you like develop your own philosophy out of that? Yeah. You know what you do? Like my own philosophy. So like my, my coaching philosophy, it comes from, <clears throat> first of all, you got to know how to communicate with players. Like you could have the, you know, you could be the biggest X's and O's guy. You could have the best stuff, but if you can't communicate and relate to players, it, it's, it's garbage. You, you can't, it's not going to work. So <clears throat> So later on, so let me just continue the story because it's, it's going to shape my philosophy and help deepen the, the, the answer of, the, of your question. Yeah. So after Rick, so like Mike, so Mike Kelly ends up leaving Rick and he goes down to James Madison to become an assistant coach. So, so then I end up leaving there. I graduated. And that was when I was graduating Rick anyways. Yes. So I graduate, coach leaves. So now I'm like, okay. So I'm, I'm kind of like in, in limbo. I don't know what I'm going to do. So an old friend of mine from Johnston he ends up getting the job at, he ends up, well, he was, yeah, he had the job at North Smithfield high school, Steve DeMeo. And he was, he was a manager for, uh, for um, Pete Gillen and Tim Welsh at Providence. So he, he's, he's coaching North Smithfield and he asked me to help be, he asked me to be a volunteer. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. So in January, I ended up jumping on with him in the Northman for, for, for two years. So then I get a taste of high school basketball because like I, I had never coached high school basketball because I'm just coming from Rhode Island college being around college guys and then, then going to high school. So that was, so that was a cool experience. I got to be, you know, you know, start to form relationships with players and, and connect with them and start to teach them. So, you know, th that, those are my, some of my first reps aside from working camps with younger kids about coaching basketball at the high school level. So th those were a great two years. And then later on, I had the opportunity to, to go to Lincoln school with Christina Battistini, who, who's a Rhode Island legend, you know, in, in the, in basketball. Yeah. So she had, she had got the head, head coaching job at Lincoln school and she asked me to come on board and, and also help also work for her, her, um, her basketball training business. And that's where, that's where I started to learn how to, how to train basketball players working for her. So simultaneously we were coaching Lincoln school girls. She was a varsity coach. I was a JV coach, but we were also, like holding workouts there primarily for girls. You know, we had some boys come in, but, and, and we did, a, in, you know, the two years I was there, it was a lot of repetition with, with basketball. It's like, so we're coaching basketball, we're working kids out. It's like, I was always there. Yeah. Yeah. My day job was a substitute teacher. So I was, just, it was, it was basketball, basketball, basketball. And, and, and she's outstanding with the details. And, and when I tell you, like, she's bringing the Europe because she played and coached in Europe, she's bringing all that stuff in and she's teaching kids footwork. So, the footwork game, like te teaching footwork, I learned from her. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I, and I, under her, I got, I got thousands of reps just working kids out and teaching those fundamentals 
and then later on, and then that helps shape my philosophy as a, as a head coach teaching kids how to play, you know? So, but that was an awesome opportunity. And then, you know, aside from her, previously I had learned how to train bass players from Robert McClanahan, who's one of the, if not the best basketball trainer in the world, he's got, you know, the, he coaches the best of the best. Yeah. So I learned from him. I learned from Chris, Christina Battistini and I'm learning from all these coaches on different, different angles of the game and di different ways to communicate the fundamentals of basketball. And it, it's like, I'm just very blessed to be around all of these great coaches. And so that, that, that leads me up to my journey at where I am now at Hendricken, you know, being employed there. So in 2008, I got a phys ed job there through, through coach Jamal Gomes, who's an, another legend in the Rhode Island coaching game, you know, winning several state championships. So, so I get in there and then I end up coaching basketball in his program as his varsity assistant for, for three years. So now I'm with him. And that's when I really start to learn how to really connect with players, the relationship building with players, because he's the man when it comes to relating to players. Yeah. And, and, and motivation and, and the psychology of, of motivation and, and playing as a team. And because at Hendrick and you're getting players, you're getting the best of the best, the best of the best want to go to Hendrick and they all play there. Yeah. Yeah. How do you get, how do you get all these players to buy in and, 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 and be successful and win. So that's where coach Gomes and his staff have, I mean, they're unbelievable at doing it. You know, people could say, Oh, Hendrick, you know, I get the best players. They win. No, like you gotta get, you gotta get people to buy in and you gotta get people to, to work together, to reach a common goal and to sacrifice. And in the end, everybody's going to pay off, you know, but you got to convince young people that it's going to happen. And especially today, that that's not the easiest thing to do yeah. with, with instant glorification, instant gratification rather. So I spent three years on his bench. I take two years off, just concentrate on like personal things like grad school, getting married, buying a house, all that stuff. And then I come back. Meanwhile, I'm still working there. Come back. Then I'm the JV coach, head coach for five years. So now that's when I, my, as the head coach, when you're running your own team as a head coach at that level, that's when my philosophy came in, came into play. And it's, it started, you got to, you got to have a vision first. And part of the vision and the culture you want in your team, I was influenced by, by Coach Bob Walsh via his blog. So that first year I became the head JV coach. One, one night late, I remember I was on the computer. My wife was pregnant with our first child. I was up late, you know, kind of going through like basketball stuff. And I come across his blog and, and I think I read it for the next two and a half hours. And I was just obsessed with it. And then his vision of like building a culture in what he did at Rhode Island College, especially, you know, being an alum of Rhode Island College, I was really interested. Yeah. He did at Rick because I knew a lot of those players that he inherited early on because they were a freshman when I was still involved in the program. So just his message of like being relentless and winning and winning any way, I started to, to just permeate, to sprinkle those, those uh, motivational things and those, you know, that create culture into my, my team you know, and you put that and then you bring in your own philosophy of like, you know, what you emphasize as far as defense and offense. I mean, that's, so now you start to see your team starts to buy into that as long as you clearly communicate it. So that's where my philosophy came in. But as far as like my, my offensive and defensive philosophy, first of all, like defensive philosophy, it, it comes, it comes right from Hendricken. Yeah. 
Hendrick is known for their defense and that, that aggressiveness, the detail in defense that, you know, half court man, you know, where you are positioned to the basketball, how you got the ball, how you got off the ball, how you got two passes off the ball and then different types of pressure. So I, I learned that right from coach Gomes because those are the hallmarks of, of all his teams is, you know, you don't know how good they're going to be offensively because some years, you know, going back, they weren't very good offensively, but they were outstanding on defense. Yeah. That's where, and, and that's what wins championships. And that's, what's going to create easy offenses. You can control the defense every single And I know it sounds cliche, you know, coming from a coach and you hear it all the time, but those are the things you can absolutely control is how hard you compete in your defensive mindset and knowing where to be. I mean, those are the things you control. So I also heard this from a coach that said that your, your defense was a thing of beauty. Like it's just like an unbelievable thing to watch. Like when your team plays defense and like how you set your defenses, a coach had, had told me that when I told him they were coming on the show. Well, well, first of all, you know, that's a, that I'm honored, you know, grateful that they, they said that I'm really humbled. Yeah. We, we spend a lot of time on that. And, but part of that defensive philosophy is, is communicating the vision to your team that if you're going to play like this, like you're going to find some success, you're going to be successful. And part of that is like, we have players, you know, cause I'm in my third year at Cranston West. I, I got there in the summer of 2017. So now this year I had all my seniors, we had seven seniors. They all knew me as sophomores, you know, and I, and I had some, I have some kids this year who, who will know me for four years. So now there's a trust factor involved. So now yeah. They know, they know what we're trying to do, and, and now they're getting excited about it. And now they're starting to see it pay off. So prior to the last season, my team made a commitment to get in the weight room. And a big, a, a big um, piece of that was Cameron Alves. You know, everybody knows Cameron Alves is the star football player. Outstanding. But he's, number one, he's a leader, and he's an outstanding young man. And, and, he, gets, and he, he, he gets a crowd going. Like, he, he's a leader. He's a natural leader. So – his group of seniors, like they were all playing against since they were seven years old. So all those kids, they just, they just started to work out with Cam, the football guys. So I had like the basketball, the Jared Olsons of the world, like the Caleb Harris's of the world, Joey Ragasas. All of a sudden they're, they're starting to work out together. And, and, they, and then I, and I saw it because now they're coming back and I can see that they're, they're bigger. Like they put on muscle, they're in shape and they're ready to go. So they started to get excited to play, to play defense. And we hang our hat on pressure. So we, we played a lot of man. We played a lot of two, two, one. We played one, two, two extended, but we, we were, and we practiced it over and over again. And, and there's only so much you could simulate and practice with your own team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, but you go over the rotations and you, and you get people talking and communicating. And that's another thing. That's another hallmark of, of culture. So what we did, we came up with, with something called the West way. And, you know, I, I use that hashtag a lot because Cranston West, West way. So it's just, a, it's, it's, uh, and it started to just take hold of the, the kids immediately bought into that saying. So when we break for huddles, it's West, the West way, put it on t-shirts, you know, kids saying it in school from what I hear. I mean, so part of the West way, it's not a set of rules. It's not, it's not, it's not something posted in a locker room. It's just a, an expectation of how you're going to handle yourself off the court and on the court. So on the court, like you're all in on defense, you know where to go and you're doing it with the utmost intensity and effort and enthusiasm you could possibly have. And that, and, and that is all, that all manifests itself on defensive basketball. 
And then that, so that, that goes along with, you know, our, our philosophy of, you know, pressure and defense and then, you know, whatever defensive scheme we're in, it could be a two, three, it could be man. Yeah. But, but it's tenacity. And then also the kids know, like when they do that, that that's their ticket on the, on the court. Like I'm looking for that in practice guys. Who do that. And then that's going to, that's going to make me trust them to put them in the game. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, you earn your trust from a coach on defense, not on offense. Right. My trust on defense, and then that'll give you a ticket because on offense, I'm gonna let things, I'm gonna let things slide in offense because offense is imperfect. It's an imperfect ball. <laughs> yeah. It really is. So, like, you're gonna miss a ton of shots. Yeah. You, you're gonna, you might throw a pass out of bounds. Like, it might get deflected. It might. But defense, there, there's, that's. I mean, you're you're in charge of that. Like, yeah, it's it's true. It's like offense. If we all like were perfect, we'd be scoring like a thousand points a game or something. No, like that. exactly. You can't. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's it's an imperfect thing, and it's 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 a it's an uncontrolled thing. And then you know it, it has to come from just you know chemistry and and players playing and skill. Yeah, definitely. It's true. It's really true. Yeah, that that's awesome, Coach. So it's great, and I love that the West Way is like such a thing that like was created, and it's like taking off in the school and then like other kids are saying it around the school, which is, that's just like amazing for it to catch on and like have that plan. And it helps that your players are buying into that. And then like, it's going around the school. Yeah. And, and now, so now year three, we're now we're starting to get middle school kids in not now they're, they're freshmen and sophomores now. And so now, you know, they're, so now we have new players coming into the program and they're immediately adapting. So, you know, they enter our program, they know the expectations because the older kids have set that example it's not what they, it's not what you say. It's what they see. Yeah. And, you know, another thing I, I took from, you know, Coach Bob Wallace's blog, it's like, you know, your team's going to go the way it is from what's said in the locker room, you know, amongst the players, you know, when you're away from your team, that's, that's what drives the team, the direction. It's either going to go North or South based on what the team is saying within the team away from the coach's presence. So I believe, and our guys have done an outstanding job at West by by like mentoring the younger guys spreading that culture around and knowing that there's a certain expectation like you, you this is what you have to do if you want to roll with us and so and and in the tryouts in, in the tryouts and the tryouts have been awesome the, the last three years because you know we're getting great feedback from players like that thanking us or kids who didn't make the team are like just thanking us for the opportunity or coming to see us for positive feedback you know and, and, and you know let's face it today, like kids, some kids might not make a team and all of a sudden there's a lot of people getting involved, you know, why did I make it? Yeah. Yeah. We don't have that because of, I think our, our, our players, my assistant coaches are, are top notch. I'm blessed to have a great, great staff and we're all buying into it and, and we're putting the players, you know, we're putting, you know, everything into coaching these student athletes and it, it, it's, it's a thing that goes beyond basketball because the West way is going to carry these guys away from basketball, like just the way they conduct themselves being an honest and respectful man. And part of the, the message that Wes says, you know, caught it's echoed by the administration and Wes is give, get respect. So, you know, we incorporate that into what we do, give, get respect the West way. And then, you know, when we walk in a gym, you know, it's hot, we're walking in a gym, we're, you know, we're, we're all, we're all wearing the same thing, our warm ups. we have our headphones off. You know, we're sitting in the stands. We're not hooting and hollering. You know, we're being respectful. We're after every away game. We're clean. Everybody's cleaning the bench. Every, you know, it's like guys without a trace. Like we were never here. Let's go clean up the locker room. Clean up, and then thank thank the officials. Thank the scorers. Be respectful. And, and, and that goes that goes 
that goes beyond basketball. That's just a good dude, you know? So and if we could, as coaches, if we could carry those expectations on to our players, they're going to leave your program and, and they're going to be productive members of society. And, and that's the goal of, of high school athletics. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's to make you a better citizen. It's, and it's the, it's a privilege to represent your school playing a sport, you know, and we're playing basketball, which in my opinion, obviously is the best sport in the world. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So it's just, and if you could do that, if you could take care of those things first, you know, the basketball, the kids are going to buy into the basketball piece. So, and then another thing is I want to, I want to get into is like, you have to be direct with how you communicate your players. Cause again, like I got 14, 15 guys, not everybody's going to play. I played eight or nine guys a game. So I'm, the, the first week of practice, when, when I, when I select, when we selected the team, I met personally with every player and I told them exactly their role. I got in, out in front of me. I said, this is your role, whether you're going to play all the time or whether you're not, I communicated their role. And I said, listen, is this something that, that you could buy into that you could picture yourself being part of in this role? And if they weren't, I said, if you're not, we, we could shake hands and we could part ways. And I, and I have so much respect for you. And every, every kid, no matter what their role, like, yes, coach, I want in. I want in and they, and then I didn't have any problems all year because, yeah. because of playing time. Normally like every coach, like, Oh, I this kid doesn't want to play. Like I'm getting calls from parents, you know, emails, whatever. I know I didn't have any of that. That's awesome. No, it, it, it was great. You know, and we we're blessed to have it, but that's on the kids. Yeah. The, the kids bought in. So, and that's what led to us winning 21 games, you know? And so we took a team that goes from, when in seven games, we, you know, the previous year, we lost to Shea on senior night. We could have made the playoffs if we won. And then next, next thing you know, we're, we're up in these rankings in the state. We're ranked seventh, sixth. You know, we, I think we got the highest fifth in the power rankings in the state of Rhode Island. Wow. Where three years ago, we were like number 42. So, I mean, and we're doing it with mostly the same kids. So it was great to see those kids grow from sophomores to seniors and then having the other kids join in, you know, the younger kids, some of the freshmen, you know, sophomores and juniors. And then, all of a sudden, you know, they're finding success and that's all they ever wanted. They just yeah. want, kids want to win. And if you could show them a way how to win and how to find team success and individual success at the same time, I mean, you got a special thing going. So, and that's why West is special. It, you know, we have great fans. I mean, we, we sold out the gym in the playoffs. I mean, they had a turn the East Greenwich game in the tournament. They had uh, in the division tournament, they had to turn fans away. I mean, that's, that hasn't Crazy. happened West in, in several years. So <laughs> I mean, that's something we hang our hat on, you know, cause people are excited. So, um, yeah, I'm great. To, it's great to be there. You know, I'm really happy there. And, you know, we have a lot of work to do this, this year to get ready for whatever, whatever happens, you know, with the, with, you know, a season or a modified season or, you know, we haven't really heard anything from the RIL yet on, on details, but, you know, as coaches, we're starting to get ready, you know, mentally for, you know, that Monday after Thanksgiving when we traditionally start. Yeah. 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 Um, what was it like too? And you mentioned this off the air, like your season last year got cut short and you guys yeah. came off a big win and you're about to play in a final four, you, you beat Wesley, but what, what was that, you know, can you describe that last game and like what it was like? For yeah, absolutely. So, so a little backstory there, Jeff. So we, we go into middle of January, I think it was January 13th around there. We go into Wesley. I think we're six and oh in the league. We go in there, you know, we're riding high. We, we had beaten, we had played um, like four division one non-league games and we won them all. Yeah. We're, we're riding high. That's, this is our second road game. We had one at Middletown prior to that. That was another road game. And then we had just come off, we had come off a three game week, right? We, we, were, we were playing 
we're playing Narragansett at home on a Monday. Then we're playing Juanita at Juanita Sanchez on a Wednesday. And then we, and then we're hosting Barrington on a Friday. I said to my staff, I said, if we can get, if we can get out of this week with two wins, I'll be a happy coach. So that Monday we get into a bond burner with Narragansett at, at the nest and it's a back and forth game. And then the kid, uh, Colby Corson had a night, he had 30 on us. I mean, the kid's out, outstanding ball. That's the kid with the half of uh, the full court shot against Pilgrim. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he had a kid ball, man. He was tough, right? He could, I mean, he had an inside out game, damn threes, pulled great size. You know, I'm just, I'd love to see where he ends up because the kick of play. So he has a night, they have some other kids that, that are filling up, but then we're getting into like, we're kind of down most of the game, but then at the end of the game, we just start the pressure. That's what we just brought the pressure. We wanted to, we wanted to get the game wide open so we can get some deflection because we needed, we wanted some easy baskets. You know, again, when last year, we, we're not a big team, you know, we, we started, we started Massimo Froach, he's about 6'2", Indonesia 6'1", you know, Ragas is 6'2", guard, you know, then Olsen and, and Alves, you know, they're, they're, you know, guys like 5'10", 5'11", maybe Alves like 5'8". <laughs> but but then we got <laughs> Ethan, you know, Ryan, <laughs> we got Ethan Ryan come off the bench like 6'4", 6'5". But, you know, so we needed, we needed some easy baskets. So we, we started pressuring and then next thing you know, we ended up winning by three. I don't know how we won the game. We ended up winning by three because of just like, we made some free throws down the end. We, we got to, we had conversion in the backcourt on, on steel. So we win that game. Then we go to Juanita and then Juanita the last, the year before Juanita spanked us, right? They had the kid Lugo who was like six, seven. They had um, the kid Mona who was still there. Then they had, they had another player. I can't remember, but they, they crushed us at West. They hand, they handled us. They scored like in the eighties. Wow. So, right. Oh, I, so I, to prepare my team for that. It's so like, all right, the, the Mona kid was still there. I think he was averaging like 27 at that time. He was like the leading scorer in the state. And then we just, we game plan for them. We're riding high off the Narragansett win. And then we ended up going in there. And let me tell you, we played the best half of basketball I'd ever seen a high school team play. And, and I coached at Hendrickin for eight years. So I, I knew high level basketball and we, we were hitting all cylinders. We're converting layups. We're running the, running the break. Like it's nobody's business. And then we end up get, getting a, a nice lead, but we go into right the, the last position before halftime, Asian Ezio gets gets whacked in the jaw. We thought he broke his jaw. <laughs> oh man, you know, and then you know, we, you know, we look in and looked at a halftime, and then then we end up putting him back in in the second half, and then like, he couldn't play. Like he and then we, we just took him out, and then we ended up winning that game really, really big. But then um, but we knew Barrington was there because Barrington ended up Barrington the coaches were there. So now we're like, we knew they were there. Like, all right, what, what's their takeaway from this game? You know, how are they going to prepare for us for when they have to come to West on Friday? So Thursday, you know, we're game planning on how we're going to guard Barrington because Barrington, Barrington does a great job of, they do a lot of pick and roll. They do, they just got, they, they play like four or five out sometimes. Great guy with their Rywalt. You know, he's playing at Stonehill now, outstanding guard. They had, they had Connedy, they had uh, the other kid there, um, Bono. I mean, they were just, they're, they're good. They're yeah. very good. And so we, we went over on how to guard the pick and rolls. You know, our game plan was how to, you know, how are we going to stop them? Again, defensively, because everything's defense, like, like you said, like, or we had said earlier. So we ended up, and then we end up, that, that gym's packed because we're now we're both like top of the standings in Division Two. And then we end up, we end up going up big 18, 18 in the first half. And then 
second half, they end up coming back and we squeak out a three point win, but we had, we were never, we never lost a lead that game. So my team's riding high. That's, so that's the lead up to the West league. We're riding, we're kind of feeling ourselves. We go down the West league, we get spanked. We lose by 20. Coach Gleason gets his 200th win, right? The kid, Jawari Hamlin, just, he just destroyed us. That, I mean, he's, I mean, he's, a, that kid's going to be a division one player. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's just unguardable. And then the kid Morgan ends up going off. Then the kid Murphy, who I love, he ends up going off. He was kind of like their unsung guy. You know? Yeah. I loved his game. And they end up spacking us. And then Coach Gleason kind of gave us our own medicine because Gleason's team's pressure, you know, they, they want to turn you over. And then that's what they did. And my guys played scared and they knew it and they were on the road and we got smacked. We got humbled. So fast forward to the playoff game. So now we go to the divisions. We end up losing to Portsmouth that Rick in the, in the semis. So then we got to wait for the, for the, the state tournament seedings. You now it comes out where it's an eight, nine game. We're going down to Westerly. And then we find out we got to play at Westerly, not a satellite site because the RIL changed the format. Cause they used to have those satellite sites where you'd play at either like East Greenwich High, Coventry, you know, Johnston, NK, one of those bigger, bigger high school gyms. Yeah. They, so they end up making you play at the higher seed. So we end up going down to Westerly and I'm like, you know, we're not the same team we were in, in January. You know, we were, we're, we're peaking at this time. And that's another thing I learned from coach Gomes. You, you got, you want to be playing your best basketball in, in March. You don't want to peak too early. Yeah. You know, we're on pace. We're, we're, we're starting to peak. We're starting to get there. But we got to go to Wesley. So we changed up the game plan because we're primarily 95% we played man, you know, and then so, you know, I'm thinking Coach Gleason's preparing us to play us man, you know, to play, you know, us man to man. And so we end up throwing like a little matchup zone in to, to mess with them. There and you then go. We end up putting a little two, three zone and we never played it, but we had drilled and practiced. We're going to play that because we had like a week to prepare for them. I think we, we ended up playing. I think we played on a Friday night at, at Rick. I think so. I think we had a, we had six days to prepare, so we ended up putting that in. And then the guys, the guy, it, it, it worked. You know, it worked for most of the game. But again, like as I told you earlier, we we're down nine. Yeah. And I'm like, listen, guys, this is it. This could be it. I said, we don't know what's going on. We don't know if there if there's going to be another game Saturday. This is it. So, so you know. Again, senior leadership, outstanding. You know, with Cam Alves, our captain, co-captain, Jared Olson, co-captain, Massimo Froci, and, and Andrew Denizio, my co-captains. I mean, it's they, they rallied the troops. They're like, listen, you know, they, I don't even know what they said. I walked away, right? So then we come out, and then we start – I think we score right away. We're, we're starting to get back anyway. But then they, they start hitting threes, going on a run. Then they're up – we're down nine again. So then I start subbing some guys in, showing a different look. And then again, the defense starts to work. We're starting to get turnovers. And then we're starting to convert on the break. We're starting to get easy layups. And then we're, we're getting to loose balls. We're getting deflections. We're forcing them to work five on five because another the hallmark of Wesley, they want to break. Yeah, yeah. Shoot, they want to go out and get out and break. So then we end up, we, we end up winning by 12. And then, and, and, and it's funny because every senior, every captain had double digits that game. And that, that has never happened all year. And then Alves led us in scoring, which also very rarely happened in three years he played for me. <laughs> in that game, he pushed the ball how I've wanted him to push the ball for three years. Like, it finally clicked. So I'm like, it was awesome thing to see from Cam. He pushed us. He, 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 you know, he, he pitched it ahead like we do on our – like, we, like we, we practice every day. I mean, it, it was great. It was a thing of beauty to see. 
I think he had, he might've had a triple double that game, but so I'm like, listen, now after the game, I'm like, I know we have to play Hendrickson because Hendrickson was playing Tolman. And I'm like, all right, Hendrick and Hendrickson was host to Tolman, but that was a close game and that own in, the, in their own right. So like, okay. So that, that night I go to bed, I'm like, all right, we're going to play Hendrickson on Saturday. Cam's pushing the ball. Great. We're clicking. I feel good. Yeah. And coach, you know, all right, now tomorrow we can just focus on the game plan. You know, don't really, you know, don't get too detailed, you know, cause you still want your kids to play. You don't want to, you don't want to handcuff them with, with over coaching, you know? Yeah. You yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That paralysis by analysis. You just want them to play. Yeah. Adjustments here and there and see how they do. But then again, I'm at, I'm at Hendrickson cause I work there. And then, you know, I'm talking to Gomes, you know, and we're like, Oh, you think we're going to play? And then like two o'clock we get the word that the game was off. And then, oh, it's so tough. That's gotta be the tough. Yeah. But it was, but you know, and then it, it, it it, it, it took a while to get closer to that season. We did have a little get together in August um, where we, we came together as a group one last time. And then, but I mean, I'm so blessed to like, just to coach those guys and, and have that success that we had, you know, as a, as an elite eight team, you know, from where we started, from where those kids started, you know, in myself and my staff, you know, three years ago when they're sophomores to now as seniors, what they were able to achieve. I mean, those seven kids, I mean, it's, it was unbelievable. Something they're never going to forget. And and I'm never going to forget. It's going to shape me, you know, I'm always going to look back on that team and, you know, there's a lot to learn from there and, and and that journey. So, so yeah, that, that was, that's the, the Westerly, uh, the COVID. (laughs) That's, that's so cool coach. And that's, that's really cool. Those kids were obviously blessed to have you as a coach and like everything you're just very, passionate about the game you could tell you're passionate about the game from like the beginning of when you told me like when you first started basketball and stuck with everything even, even though like you didn't get a lot of minutes but you stuck with it and you know you could tell by the way you talk and how you talk about your teams and how much you love those kids and how much you love that ki- those kids last year just a- awesome awesome stories that you have to share those are those are, those are amazing thank you yeah jeff i mean it's it's uh <clears throat> no it's a blessing to coach it's like something i'm, I'm that it's like I, you know, I, I love it. Like I, I couldn't picture not doing it right now, you know, and I have my son who's seven, he's growing up in the game. You know, he, he likes basketball he, right now. He's actually at AAU practice <laughs> magic. I got to pick him up for seven 30, <laughs> but, but he's uh, you know, he's starting to get the bug a little bit. He's playing, you know, with the YMCA leagues, in the, you know, last couple of years. And um, so, you know, the game, you know, I'll probably end up coaching his teams as he gets a little older, you know, but um, yeah, no, it's just a great way. I just love coaching. And then again, you know, I do, I still do work with players individually. Yeah. Like during the COVID right now, I do have a core in my yard where, where I've been training kids all summer in the fall too, but uh, just, just connecting, you know, and sharing what I've learned as, cause I'm a constant student of the game and, and any coach who's coaching there, they can attest to that too. You know, we're always, we're all evolving. We're all works in, in progress. So, and we have to share that with our team too, as coaches, we're not perfect coaches and, but we have to let the our kids know that that admit when you mess up. Like I admit to my team, like I'm sorry, guys, I lost that game for you. I, I wasn't. I, I made too many adjustments. I did this. I did that. That's on me. Yeah. You have to have that that vulnerability so they can admit when they're wrong because they're gonna they're gonna model what you you know you got to model what they want what what you want out of them. Like you want your your players to admit like when they're wrong in a situation. And so I think that humility, you have to, you know, you, you, you got to permeate that in your program because through those, through those errors is when you, you figure it out. Yeah. 
So it's just like life, anyways. It's like like you had meant, like you had said, you're preparing these gentlemen to be become men off the court, and it's any, it's in life, anyways. Like you're gonna make mistakes in life, and you're gonna have to own up to those mistakes. And as long as you learn from them and make those adjustments and keep continuing to grow, you're gonna grow as a person, you grow as a coach. Yeah, and and exactly, exactly. And then it goes, you know, with the citizenship piece. You know, another thing was like, you know, and it's just a constant battle I have with my team. Like, stop talking to the refs. Like, stop it. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to overturn a call. Stop communicating to the refs. Move on. And but they see me doing it too. Like, but I'm like, guys, that's my job. Like, yeah, I communicate yeah. with the referees. Like, I have to keep dialogue open during a game. That's my role. Like, your role is to execute the game plan and play on both ends of the court. You know, so sometimes that that's not, you know, and sometimes the coach is like, all right, I need to really be quiet now this game because I don't want my team to start doing that too. And then yeah. this and start. But so that that's always a, a fine line that all, all all of us coaches in the game have to have to be aware of. Yeah, we always have to be careful with the referees and stuff. And I think some of it trickles down for the kids too from the NBA because they always see the NBA players like chatting with the refs constant. and like constant. Kids. It's yeah. yeah. I think that's where yeah. some of it trickles down as well, too. Just besides, you know, us the coaches as well. But a lot of it, you know, they see their favorite player, like, you know, LeBron or someone complaining to the ref, but you're not LeBron, they're not gonna turn over the call for you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We don't have instant replay here, boys. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Going to the monitor. You know, I can't appeal that and, and, <laughs> and waste a timeout. Sorry. Yeah. They're not gonna go, they're not gonna go to the huddle camera and we look over a play. <laughs> sorry guys about that one. Yeah. 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 But yeah, coach, this has been awesome. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. This has been amazing. Your stories have been absolutely just so great and everything that you're doing. And, you know, this is just so motivating. And like I said, those kids are very lucky to have you as a coach and what you're doing over there in the West way and creating that culture out there. Yeah. Jeff, thanks for, thanks for letting me on. And, you know, you know, like I said earlier, like I watched what you do with coach uh, Dean down at Prout and I'm like, I think this be perfect to, to share, you know, share the game you know, in my perspective, because we're all sharing the game. Everybody is, you are like what you know, like as a coach. So, you know, like Coach Felicetti down at Prout, he's got his, you know, what, you know, his journey through basketball is influencing what he's doing with those those guys down at Prout. Coach Coleman up at Mount St. Charles, same thing with him. So, you know, I, I'm really excited to, to see more coaches on here that, that I could watch and potentially learn from, you know, throughout Rhode Island, because we have really good programs in Rhode Island. I mean, we have really good coaches. We have outstanding players, and uh, you know, and proof of that is all like how many of our guys in Rhode Island that they're playing at the collegiate level, Division three, two and one. And you know, we started to see a lot of guys get some some love, you know, from throughout the country. So I think we we just got to keep pumping our our basketball culture in the Ocean State, and I think you're doing a great job of that right now, getting on the ground floor and, and growing your your podcast and having coaches and maybe in the future, you might have some players on here that just to share what, you know, what, what they're going through. But uh, yeah, anything we could do to, to, to get what we're doing here in the ocean state out is uh, it's a plus. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate the kind words. Yeah. I definitely would love if you have some players, definitely send them my way. I'd love to have them on the show and just talk basketball with them and talk about like, you know, playing and what's it like and all that stuff. Just, just learn from them and talk to them. But like you said, we have great coaches in Rhode Island and they deserve all the exposure that we can, they all deserve, you know, that everyone deserves the exposure. I want this to be big for them as well too. And, you know, this isn't, this is about you guys and the players and the basketball and getting it out there. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. 
But thanks, Coach. Coach, I really appreciate your time. We got to have you on. I'm doing a season outlook too, so I got to have you on for the season outlook that we're gonna be. Yeah, doing. yeah, yeah. Let me know. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this again over Zoom, and uh, yeah, yeah, I can't wait. You know, I'm starting. I'm starting to get the uh, the shakes here. I really want you know that fall air is getting me motivated. You know, you go outside and you smell that fall air, and you see the leaves falling, like you know in your bones it's ready to stop blowing. So, you know, hopefully it goes off without a hitch. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope there, I hope there's no issues. I hope you, you know, you guys have a, a like a regular season or shortened season, whatever it has to be. You know, it's you know also for the players too, for those seniors that want to, you know, they need to finish up those their senior years. Absolutely. Yeah, but coach, thank you so much for your time, and uh, I definitely will uh, get this out to you when I when I release it. All right, all right, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care. All right, that was my interview with Coach Mike Monahan, the head coach of Cranston West Boys Basketball. Great interview with Coach. Really excited. Can't wait to have him back on going forward and everything that else is going on. So I can't wait to see him again and talk to him again and have him on the show. And I also can't wait to get up there and catch a game for this week's episode. That's right. We have two more episodes this week, Wednesday and Friday again. So great news for you fans out there on Wednesday, we bring to you Coach Corey Downey of Chero High School Boys Basketball Team. And on Friday, the head coach of URI Women's Basketball Team, Coach Tammy Reese. Great interview with both coaches. Really enjoyed them. So look forward to releasing those and getting those out there. So you guys will definitely see those be released on Wednesday and Friday. And we will see you on Wednesday. Be safe out there.